Hello, welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am Super Rubriki Jacob, joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to our continued discussion of A Fishman Island, which begins at chapter 603 and ends at 653. But we discussed that first kind of half, basically, in mm-hmm. last episode. So if you want, first you can jump. check that out. Today, we're discussing the climax and conclusion of the arc. We cut off at 628, so it basically starts at 629, going into 653 is what we're mostly talking about today. And boy, is it a bunch of highs and a bunch of lows, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, we we alluded to the fact last week that... There's no way they can fuck up the landing, right? (laughs) (laughs) No way. And me personally, it hits much lower, I think, compared to you, but uh, we'll get there when we get there. But it does have a lot of highs as well, a lot of fun moments, a lot of hype moments as well and the ending as well that's a lot of like oh shit yeah yeah okay, very, okay. there's some tantalizing information in the end of the arc which is probably like the most interesting part for me honestly like the, the highest high which is unfortunate but yeah yeah true. that's all that's also saying something <laughs> you know like yeah all right we're jumping ahead we're jumping ahead we're jumping ahead so it starts off right we left off with Jinbei rolling up the sleeves trying to stop Luffy because Luffy wants to rescue the friends uh sanji is on luffy's side the straw hats are like yeah we need to rescue the other straw hats but they have a little brief little tense flight fight there we see we see a little bit of jimbei showing off his moves he has like the ability to punch the water so hard that shock waves are sent out so he has a huge advantage underwater but it's it's a brief fight it stops right away after <laughs> um i miss i misread this the first time but you pointed this out where it looked like a robin was trying to stop the fight and when sanji was trying to you know dive in obviously to try and save her or kiss her or whatever it's it goes she goes away but it's you see like a poof on the, yeah. on, the on the page so it's like oh it's a fucking shadow clone what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> she just made a, a little clone bloom yeah and then you see her walking in going like what the hell's going on over here <laughs> so we had that little tense little stare down there to get a little brief moment but yeah, and we got to see that like her powers are really coming along you know oh, like in, the, or in that time skip she's she Picked up quite a few new tricks. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, even as we're continuing on before the big fight, all of these uh, conflicts, they're uh, they're dealt with off screen. Every single one. There's like two or three where the royal army is just like beaten to a crisp without being shown. Hody's beaten once or twice off screen. Like, but I didn't mind that because I'm just going, okay, he's, he's, we're just we're into the good stuff. We're into the good <sighs> can, stuff I, right? can I talk about like the royal army real quick? They suck. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay i i was gonna do it in a more like official like official way i was gonna uh-huh. say the way that oda portrays the like the steroid the energy drugs right mm-hmm. that hody and his guys are taking it seems they said like what 10 times stronger like per pill and they all took like at least one each in the beginning and that's well, more saw- than enough wait what i was gonna say you saw hody hody he just like downed like a whole handful of energy steroids at the first time right. you saw it Right, but his crew would only took they only take him one at the yeah, 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 if, yeah. if I'm looking correctly when they're about to fight these uh, Neptune ar- army. Yeah, the Neptune army. And they the they army. still got absolutely wiped. Mhm. <laughs> and there's like there's no scratches, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with Hody and his crew like at all. They just got completely destroyed. 
all these off-screen conflicts are completely one-sided because it happens with the Straw Hats too, where the Straw Hats deal with the the Royal Army and they're just arguing with each other of like, you're too brutal, you're too quick, why'd you do that? And he's like, well, they attacked me first, what the heck? And they, they have It was no just a little sad, scratches. you know? It was yeah, a little it was. sad. <laughs> first, the first time when it was with the Straw Hats, you're going, oh shit, they got really strong. But then you see it again against the Fishman uh, Pirates and you're just like... You know what? They're tired. They're tired after the first time. <laughs> they're still they're still wounded and hurt after the first time. I'll, I'll give them that. But even then, it's just yeah, they really it's just yeah, like it really does make me wonder like how how they've been surviving as a country in the last two years without the protection of Whitebeard. I guess they have Big Mom's name, but like they're so weak on their own. I still feel like someone could come in, steal all their mermaids, and get away like long before Big Mom could get there, right? Because apparently you can you can destroy their entire army and infiltrate their castle in the span of like mm-hmm. four hours with a decent sized army. Mm-hmm. So it's actually great that you brought that up because I originally thought that was very intentional of Oda to showcase the royal army as being incompetent. I thought that was one of the ongoing themes of an aging old ruling system, old, rarely old government system, and like how incompetent it was. Look, Maybe. these guys are getting beat up horribly by... All enemies. I I originally thought it was a bigger point going forward, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, but yeah, I definitely noticed that too. Where it's like, long story short, this army seems incompetent. They're they're loyal. Their hearts in the right place, but yeah, they need more yeah, drills. They need more. Really, tri- really ain't got it. Ain't got <laughs> it at all. You need more. You need more discipline. You need more drills. <laughs> but but yeah, so we see the royal army just getting their asses handed to them. As the the camera shifts away from the Straw Hats to that, you know, town square again, um, the royal family gets their asses kicked. Um, but we then see the prince's gummit come in, right? They take on the sea beasts that we are told the sea beasts are actually the ones that take out the army, if I recall. But then the princes take them out very quickly. Like, again, very one-sided conflicts that are trying to show off, like, the power differences between these characters. But it's done so frequently, it actually kind of is hard to keep track or, like, it loses its aura of like how effective it can be because when you do it one time it's like oh badass like back to Jaya arc right when luffy one shots um bellamy yeah of like how there was never a competition right that was incredibly effective right this this arc though it's done i think like what four or five times off-screen conflicts you're just like what the heck they beat (laughs) like hody and his men they beat a bunch of the neptune guards yep princess come in they beat the sea beasts and then earlier, and then, they'd already done the same thing where they off-screen. I don't know how this that how, that one happened. How they captured Zoro and all them, you know, like but that happened off-screen. Like all kinds of these feats that are supposed to be showing us how like they're really strong, mm-hmm. which is but it's, it's done so frequently. It and you're, it actually messes up the pacing a little bit because you're just yeah, trying to keep yeah, track. I only really needed like one or two of those, you know. Yeah, and because the Pops. most jarring one to me was when the princes moved in and defeated the sea beasts, and then the new fishman pirates are actually starting to you know cut in themselves because you know Hody steps in himself and then yeah. you turn the page in the next chapter then you see all the princes tied up as well next to their father at the town square and you're just like oh i i guess they lost what was the point of showing how strong they were against the feet <laughs> you're hyping up the new fishman pirates i guess okay but at that point you know i'm going okay so the new fishman pirates that's going to be it, it doesn't work fight. though like I, that's where i feel like there's a little bit of like a narrative disconnect where i just couldn't yeah. believe like wow these new fishman pirates are really strong you know i'm mm-hmm. like you guys are a bunch of bitches you know what yeah. I mean? like looking at the neptune side yeah i guess those 
ster- those energy steroids are so powerful that it accounts for so many skipped conflicts until the main one. Which, again, we already said already, it's just kind of jarring how frequently is used. And mm-hmm. at this point, I think the conflict skipping does stop. But this was the most jarring one, where you had the princes defeat the sea beast in two pages, cut to next chapter. All the princes are completely like done in and Hody looks like more so like an actual great white at this point his hair turns white and at this point you know withdrawal side effects of the energy steroids him getting older but yeah but that jumping around of that conflict was just really hard to keep track uh while we're on that though i think i can bring up at this point because of this chapter the pre-chapters for this entire arc have been fucking great Oh, yeah. oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so, like, it's the, what's it called, I think, from the decks of Around the World is the name, I think, of the cover story officially. And we're just getting Probably. to see, like, all these old characters from way back, even characters from, like, the Romance Dawn arcs. Mm-hmm. And Their we're just own... seeing where they are now post-time skip, and it's just so nice. and So many noticeable ones. So I... wholesome. Yeah, there's a couple of noticeable ones I do want to bring up, just because one's actually important, and two is important on a degenerate level. But one I found was hilarious was the Barretay chefs putting Sanji's old wanted poster <laughs> face on the front of the new boat. They, like, made the door design of the building, like, look exactly so like the Sanji perfect. face. That was so great. perfect. Yeah. Just shitting on their old friend over and over again. Uh, so great. Um, we do see, like, a little tease that possibly King Cobra from Alabasta is hitting his twilight years most likely he's yeah. on his he's on he's like sick in bed he's looking he you peaceful, can see the gray looking mm-hmm. real you know tired and to be fair that civil war how much stress that would put on you i don't blame the guy for getting gray hair that quickly in two years i don't blame Seriously. him um and then we see <laughs> um we had a, a very serious uh uh dis- argument about this pre-chapter because we were a heavy disagreement about the fan service one with vivi where she's scrubbing <laughs> the floors. And I'm yeah. like, listen, there's no way a monarchy, a royal family is going to allow a princess wear a low-cut tank top and booty shorts and hand-scrub the floors of the palace. And you're like, what's, what's the problem? I, I don't see a problem with that. What's I think it's in character. <laughs> you know, Vivi's not stuck up like that. I think it could happen. That's all I'm saying. She, she would volunteer, but I don't think the people who love her I don't, that much I don't think would allow her to do her. it. You know, I don't, she's not going to let them stop her. I don't think she's not going to listen to Igram. Come on, <laughs> opera singing like nanny man. Listen, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Maybe does what she wants. I'm she not complaining the spirit about the of a image. Pirate, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about the image. I'm complaining about the situation, <laughs> about the fine details. <laughs> but however, however, jokes yeah, aside, oh, there's a lot of really good ones. What we're saying, like it was really cool. I think, yeah. But there's I like one. seeing Johnny and Yosaku that they actually stayed in Kokoyashi Village and they're like fishermen there now. That was cool. Mm-hmm. We saw the little girl back from Romance Dawn selling her uh, her rice balls. Um, right, Rico. The, the biggest one, though, that I did want to bring up, though, was definitely foreshadowing. We saw Laboon with... Who's the doctor at Reverse Mountain? That's Crocus. That's Crocus. Crocus and Laboon are talking to a mysterious figure with a striped cape, what looks like a ring on his right finger. I don't know if it's a mark or a tattoo or just a black line from yeah, like He's the, wearing like a, like a traditional straw hat. Like a uh, yeah. samurai type, like straw hat, like pointed yeah, like at the a, top and traditional old like Ronin style uh, straw hat, right? Not like the one like Luffy is wearing, but like the traditional like traveler yeah, I said samurai. But, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm getting specific. I'm getting nerdy. Well, actually, it's Ronin. <laughs> yeah, you sorry. know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he has like long white hair, and I'm just like, like 
motherfucker, is that Iroh <laughs> from Avatar Last Airbender? Who is that? <laughs> like, I was getting like, who is that? Like, so keep an eye out. There's someone on that trail. Maybe someone a part of old Roger's crew, right? Because the doctor looked like he could be. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're sharing uh, sake or tea together. Yeah, it, it definitely seemed like a very like like amicable exchange, little meetup they were having. So, but they didn't show it's, us. It's not a huge stretch to say it's like an old friend, right? Yeah. So the key thing to look out for is that traditional straw hat, that striped cape, and maybe something on his index finger. I don't know. I still don't know if that's because like, it was so small. I don't know if that was just like uh, an accidental ink drop from like the print of the mangaka scans. I don't know if that was accidental or if it was actually intentional. Of like, look, this is a ring, or this is a tattoo. I don't know. But striped cape, straw hat, looked with that, and also um, long white hair. So that was the big thing on that. I wanted to bring up the pre-chapters, though, because this arc was the best with pre-chapters. It was great seeing everyone else again, um, good and bad. Uh, like we said, the loyalists are completely overpowered off screen. And we get this, again, a very <laughs> rushed moment, but it kind of makes sense with a couple flashbacks run in there. Because immediately also, Jinbei and the princess seemingly are split away from the Straw Hats, and then they're captured. And they're brought to the center square. Everything is so fast-paced at this point, but now we're getting yeah. up to attention. It's like, a, it's like super, super fast-paced. Just yeah. like, bam, like one page, like next page, another thing happened, next page, you know, another thing happened. Yeah, like, Just it's to, like, like kind of get a setup for that climactic scene. Yeah, at this point, Oda is like, alright, I think I did too, I dedicate too long to those flashbacks, and now I'm gonna try and pick it up and get to the action. Which, I get it, but I'm also like... Don't rush it too much, man. Don't rush it too right. much. It's fine. But in this case, it gets a small pass because we get a, some explanation. I feel like there was some trouble like in the real world. That's why we had to throw in these flashbacks later on to explain where it's like, no, the Straw Hats and Jinbei did come up with a plan because we get a we get a great character scene with uh, Luffy going like, I don't want to be a hero. I love heroes, but I don't want to be one because heroes, <laughs> they share all the meat. And all the loot they get. I want all of it to myself. And then Jinbei just goes, fine, we'll give you all the meat. Deal! Now, what's the plan? Yeah. <laughs> He's a mercenary. He's a you pirate. crazy son of a bitch, I man. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. He's son of a bitch. Hey, give him, give him, a, give him a paycheck, man. Give him an offer. Like, like Luffy's a great character, but he's also a, a wonderful person. But he's also like, yeah, but pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah give me basically. Something. Yeah, and so they come up with a plan of, uh, like, Nami, you go in, steal the key, steal the Celestial Dragon document, right? Give the key to Robin, she can use it to free the shackles, and uh, Frankie can come in as the cavalry, bring in everybody else, right, on the ship. Um, but the key thing is why they're having this more intricate plan, rather than just going in, right, is... Hey, remember we just spent a whole arc, a half an arc dedicated to the whole racism issue with the humans and the fishmen? Yeah, how about you lay off on that? Because if you guys show up right away, you'll be seen as invaders, right? You'll be seen as, you know, people, outsiders. But if you wait for an opportune moment for either me or the princess to ask for help, or in this case, Hody declaring, by the way, I'm the one who killed Queen Odahime, then the public opinion is swayed off then pouts, then enter in stage right. So I'm like, okay, this is actually a pretty good plan. He's talking about optics, but in this case, it's incredibly important in this case, because we're talking about the entirety of Fishman Island here, who, by the way, were forced to step on a picture of their beloved queen for no reason, because Hody goes, I know Dude, who, who you traitors like, are. Like, y'all are so petty. I made mm -hmm. me so mad. <laughs> like, 
Uh, that, you know, like, that's you really that really guys that's a, that's a that's authority 101 man it's to belittling people to uh mm-hmm. degrade something that they cherish in the past and in this case Hody and it's like just do what we say you know like it's not that big exactly. deal just do it follow our order you know it's like conditioning which yeah I, we're not we're not asking to kill anyone we're just asking to step on this picture it shouldn't mean anything to you it's just a picture right. but what i thought was actually a, a great villain moment was when Hody was like it doesn't matter if you actually did step on the picture or not, I have all your petitions right here. These are my list of traitors right here. And I'm like, fuck. Right. <laughs> that was that was the tense moment like, for me. It was, it was like, Ooh. Yeah. So that was when I was like, oh shit, oh shit. So going along, right, because during this reveal, when he revealed God, I'm repeating myself, sorry. When during the big moment where he's revealing that he killed Queen Otohime, right? We get that huge moment where everyone's reacting, oh shit, the royal family's getting fucking pissed. Even the people who are with Hody are like, What the fuck? Are you serious? Did you actually do that? Yeah. And he gets like, Yeah, that human was the one that actually lit the flames, but I hired him to do that. Then I killed him myself, or I killed the prince, uh killed the queen, then captured him and put framed it on him because he's a human. And the part that was actually jarring to me, and I want to ask your opinion on, uh, is Shirahoshi, the princess, she knew all about it because her pet, right? Uh, Megalo, the MVP. <laughs> best <laughs> best pet. Oh, it's always the pets, man. Uh, told her, because he witnessed the action himself, she told no one for 10 years and kept it bottled up. Now, I understand the reasoning before you answer. Sorry. I understand the reasoning. She's sheltered, right? So she doesn't really understand the difference between revenge and justice. She doesn't understand. And also, the point of the message was her kindness for her mother and her last will was stronger than her hatred for Hody. So I understood the themes of that. But the way it's presented was a bit jarring. Because Jinbei was like 110% on board with what Shirahoshi did, rather than doing what I would assume a knight would do and be like, what you did was honorable and even precious, but we got to talk after all this is done and go and educate you a bit. But, you know, you're sheltered, so I understand why you made the mistake. But instead, he doesn't do that. Instead, he goes, you're like this bud that's yet to blossom of peace. We must protect and cherish this thing. I, I felt like... That could have been done a lot better because I understand thematically what they're definitely going with here. And I still don't blame Shirahoshi. It's more like the execution of like what Jinbei says afterwards that maybe have like a weird opinion of this part of the characterization of the the dramatic reveal. Right. I was wondering what your opinion on on this was. Do you think it was really well done or I'm basically in the same boat. I thought it was a little weird. Okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I, I I'm basically I it. it's like repeating it. I'm not gonna repeat. It's the same thing. Like I understand okay, what you're okay. trying to do. You probably should have done something different, a little bit different, you know? Okay. So I hit the hit the hail and yeah, nail the hail. I agree. I agree <laughs> okay. Yeah, because again, I understand. I'm not saying this is a diss on Shihoshi written as a character. Hell no. This makes perfect sense. Why this six year old now sixteen year old shelter for ten years bottled up thematically? It's also appropriate, but the execution, right? The presentation of it all. Could have been done better, right? Hody rightfully calls her stupid, belittles her for it, humiliates her because he's a bad guy. But obviously, he in this case is kind of right. In this case, and you're going, I'm actually kind of siding with Hody's words on this one because Jinbei is the one going like, no, ideologically she's perfectly in the right. We must protect this. And I'm like, 
it's a complex matter, Jim. <laughs> it shouldn't be this good guy, bad guy thing right away. And it would have been more appropriate as well, because again, we have this whole arc going on so far about like the intricacies of the cycle of hatred and racism and injustice. But them doing this felt very one note. It felt very good guy, bad guy kind of thing. And I'm just like, I get it, but this should have been more complex. This should have been thought up a bit more, a bit more. A bit more. I mean, here's here's the thing: mm-hmm. is that for the to get this like uh, that same whole point done, like in what I think would have been a totally fine and like normal way, is to just have her not have known and just you know forgive him right then and there, right? Yeah, but like I said, the ma- for the sake of executing a theme, Oda wanted to just deliver on this, and at the end of the day, if you know if she didn't say this now, maybe said it later, that would have been a lot better. Right, and not in the midst of like, hey, we're handcuffed, mm. we're about to be executed. Right. How come you're saying you knew this, right? Just like the time, yeah, that that's a good point. Maybe like if it was just a different yeah. time, might have hey, made it hit a little better. Yeah, yeah if I recall, if I recall, all the people of Fishman Island are watching this right now, and to hear the princess going, I knew who the queen's real killer was, but I didn't say anything, is actually really bad optics, if we're talking about True. having the best when optics. When the guy that you chose not to have arrested is now has you and your whole family hostage and is about to kill you. And he's <laughs> literally trying to <laughs> literally kill your right, brother. Right there. He's literally, yeah, he's literally trying to kill your brothers and father right now with his uh, water bullets or whatever. And then he's about to do the final execution. Um, yeah, so in terms of, like, moving around, uh, execution of themes that should have been done towards the end, or maybe just differently at this point, but hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Long story short, this could have been a little better, this presentation. Yeah, so, I hmm And, oh, on top of that, sorry, I know I said long story short, sorry. On top of that, it would have connected, sorry. This so would have long con- story. Just yeah, sorry. long story, even longer. I'm adding my anecdotes here. I'm adding my notes here. Long story longer. Um, this would have tied in with the themes of we have to educate the young, right? About how this whole cycle is damaging, but of how intricate it could actually be, right? This was the whole thing with Fisher Tiger and Queen Odahime, and to literally see the princess, right? The daughter of Odahime try to do what she thought was best, thematically appropriate as well. But she was naive because she was sheltered, right? She was also left alone, right, to her own thoughts. And she had the willpower to keep the secret to herself the whole time. But that's why it would have been better to address this later on at some point. To go, yeah, we got work to do with educating the young, right? It's going to be a complex issue because she should show kindness. The other end of what we wanted to prevent, right? That vicious cycle of hatred. But this was too much kindness to the point where it was naive. To the point where it was damaging and self-harming. So we, let's let's address that in the future. Sorry, I wanted to throw it in there because I was like the key part of this whole point I wanted to bring up, <laughs> and I almost forgot. <laughs> so yeah, we got the whole execution going on, and we get that dramatic moment finally, right? Where Hody belittles the princess. He's holding up a very wounded Neptune because he's been torturing him. I'm gonna blow your head off and end this whole thing. And then finally, we hear like you know, Shiroshi plead, Luffy, please help us, and. That's when the Straw Hats enter stage, right? Luffy bursts out of Megalo's Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm, I MVP so Megalo. MVP. Forced, forced to 
have all these giant, juicy, meaty people and not eat them. <laughs> so, I mean, he's like, naturally, he gets the free spot of best animal bro since time skip, right? It's free. Yeah, since time skip. <laughs> but he's also up there on, like, the overall, you know, tier list. Of, prat- of practical use. Yeah, he's been like, so much He, he ain't no Carew, but if he gets it done. He does what he needs to do. He, you know, he, he went through... He he went through a lot of suffering like Carew by having his entire stomach and throat gouged out the whole time, just unable to breathe. <laughs> oh, poor dude, poor dude. But, right, Megalo aside, Straw Hats come in, they have a wonderful introduction, right? Nami does the cool thing where she reveals she was standing there the whole time. She had the key, she has the document. Cut to Robin unlocking all the shackles. Frankie coming in with a Gauss cannon and clearing the zone. And then we have that great two-panel shot of the Straw Hats going like, yeah, we're here. <laughs> All right, we're going to settle this our way. <laughs> the usual. So that, I thought that was a great introduction to that, followed by that less than perfect scene. But right, long story. So as for the whole like action set pieces, what, mm-hmm. what are the highlights? So we're going to go with the action pieces right now. Um in general, it was very clear this was all glow. Uh, let's save Luffy's, obviously, because that's kind of ties in with, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, climate, okay. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, if you've seen any shonen movie, these fights are shonen movie fights. There's no tension. It's one-sided fights. If you love seeing your favorite character, uh, even ones that don't normally do better combat-wise, they completely destroy the officer they're fighting, or even a couple of goons. Except for Nami, for some fucking reason, Oda is just like, let's just sideline this character because I gave her some background, some extra yeah. closure. I, I felt like he he felt that she had gotten her moment already with like the Jinbei resol- resolving the Arlong thing, kind of right. Yeah, and I completely disagree if that if that was his thought process because I'm going, but this is the but this is the shonen genre. People are reading this a lot for the action too. You can't just forget one of the main straw hats and go. Okay, they do a cool little gust sword on one dude. Okay, whatever. And then they had a then they had their final the AOE attack that every other straw hat had on the goons, but she did hers way after everyone else was like fighting officers. So that impact was completely lost. And on top of that, Zoro actually had a move that should have been Nami's, where he made a twister by spinning so fast, and it actually lasted long enough to get some extra goons. Hey, don't don't like, sleep on my boy Zoro, okay? <laughs> The the point is, I'm not shitting on Zoro. I, I know, I know. You just wanted Nami yeah. to do more. I get it. <laughs> like, like, if you're literally it, like planning for a tornado set piece, like in a fight, yeah, probably you should consider having Nami do. Come it. on, yeah, like if, if if give her enough build time, she can create a fucking hurricane underwater. Come on, dude. Big but also, my typhoon. boy Zoro, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that was my major complaint with the glow-ups, right? Nami sidelined super fucking hard. Um, Robin and real quick, get... while we're saying it, we talked about this like at the end of last episode and like in our pre-episodes. Mm-hmm. We didn't like really give credit, but like to Luffy especially, like all the the action stuff he was doing, but he's really like showing up. Oh, like, absolutely! Even the little fight when he showed up on Fishman Island, which we briefly mentioned, like it's so casual for him, and like he's just casually flexing how proficient he's become, and like that he has yet to see a threat or feel threatened, like in, mm-hmm. in any situation he's been in so far. He's gotten so casual with his fighting that he's using the hockey of armament or even second gear. Or, um... Like, without, like, a breaking a sweat at this point. Which I'm fine with. Third gear is supposed to be the one where he's supposed to be, you know, getting hurt a lot for. So if he's going through second gear and it's not affecting him nearly as quickly as before, that's fine. He had two years of training for that. 
Um, and then when he's doing like the hard hits or even like the headbutts he does, he does like very quick armament where he like solidifies his forehead or his fist. Kinda Honestly, like, um, it kind of seems like the drawbacks from Gear 2 and 3 are both just kind of gone. Kind of, but I, I was thinking we have he's he's been using gear third stuff, but it doesn't shrink anymore. Uh, he uses gear three at the end of his fight, which we're gonna talk about uh, at the end of these fights. Um, but yeah, those drawbacks, like I mentioned, they're not nearly as harsh. Where you know, two years of training, he's gotten better with his time loops, his time limits. But before, he would only go like what three minutes in gear three before he turned into like tiny Luffy or something like that. In this yeah, case, a short amount of time. In this case, um, I guess you could argue he was at gear three for less than three minutes because there's a certain time limit. There's a certain moment in time where Chopper says, yo, I can do this thing for three minutes. And then after that, Luffy goes in the third gear and does what he's doing. Right. I'm not trying not to say too much. No, right? no, I, I get you. The, the difference, it seems like, is that he kind of snaps in and out to his gears. Right. Just like right. Without, without. Like he'll go gear second, hit a shot, and then he's done. Back to normal. Yeah, very true. Because in his lobby, when he did that in for a little bit, he's like, okay, I need to chill for at least a couple of minutes because I can't do shit right now after doing that. So now it's like he's gotten rid of most of the side effects. Yeah. So he's definitely gotten a lot stronger. Um, Aesthetic-wise, though, have you played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? I know it seems kind of random. I, I have, but yes. It does is it, random, does, and yes, does I it, have. Does <laughs> it seem like Luffy is fighting like Sander Armstrong with nanomachines? When the parts of the body that he's fighting with turn like, you know, like solid iron or metal. Yeah, I see the comparison. <laughs> that is kind of like the armament hockey kind of effect, right? Uh, yeah, it seems just, like, yeah. Just wait for Luffy to start talking about how he's, he's going to make America great again while fighting a white-haired Raiden <laughs> later on. It could happen. It could happen. Um, but that's the comparison I made aesthetics. But, sorry. So... Of the Straw Hats doing the fights, Nami got the worst one by far. She got sidelined. There's almost well, nothing to talk about. She didn't get one. Is, is yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> she didn't, didn't get, get a one. fight, like a one-on-one um, at least. Robin did get one, but she was the one who fought one of the officers that didn't get, like, a title card. Every other Straw Hat gets a title card where it's, like, uh, like Chopper versus Darum. Or Daruma, I forget the guy's name. But Honestly, I felt like she disrespected him so fast and she like, didn't have time yeah, exactly. for the card to come up. And that's fine, right? And that's fine because uh, I think it was Hammond. He tries to capture her with a net. That would like, be, oh, that'd be a good gag, right? Like That'd be a great gag, I think. Especially for One Piece. Like, in the middle, like when the fight screen is starting, have mm. like, you, you gotta do like, because Oda does these panels sometimes, it's like a full screen, right? Yeah. And time like passes from right to left. Like, it's not like everything's happening at once, kind of like in some panels. It's mm-hmm. like time passes, right? So you got to have like probably like Sanji, someone really fast, like on the right, like as a cutout, and then also on the left, and just have him like cutting, kicking through the the villain's mm-hmm. introduction panel and just you know one shotting him. <laughs> I'm w- I'm waiting <laughs> for great. that to happen. I had actually a very similar thought of that, where like a fourth wall joke, where it's like before you have your actual title card, just someone just rips it in half or something like Zoro or something. Like... Yeah, or Zoro like slicing him in, in half as well as like with as their the title, title card. card. You yeah, know, like, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be so great. It would have been great for this one because the whole time Zoro was taunting his enemy, which was I think the the octopus like had like the drunk style sword technique or whatever. I don't know if I forgot what they called it, but he was like, "You're just a tiny frog in a pond, dude." I'm just like Zoro, that's kind of racist. You can't just say that. But I'm also like, well, it's, it's the frog in the well. Like, you know the you know the the what's the word? The story, I, did, I guess. Actually, I did not know the story. Like a what's, 
I guess that's uh, like the saying, maybe. It makes an expression, like a small frog in a big well doesn't know what uh, the world okay. is, right? Oh, you know that's why? what he was making a comparison to. Oh, you know why? Because the first time, I think he just said frog, and there was no context, and then he said frog in the well after. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Just, I noticed that as well. It's just like, you can't just do that, sir. Oh, come on, dude. Right. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> You're on Fishman Island, bro. <laughs> Frogs aren't fish. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> They're amphibians. Different race completely. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so Robin takes care of her uh, guy really quickly, showing off that not only can she enlarge her limbs now when she's making copies, she can make a clone of herself and do, like, a double spine break. Like, a double joint spine break at the same time, which I thought was fucking sick. No introduction was needed. It was great. Yeah, Yeah, it was super short, but it was sweet and to the point. I loved it. Um, Yeah, and kind of confirming that she can, like, make a full body clone. She's getting really good at her abilities, dude. Which it just makes you wonder, like, is that um, is that a one is it a one clone thing? Because I don't think I is it I don't a, understand is, why it would be. Is it you know Naruto, what I mean? Is it a Naruto thing where it's like she can? Make I feel like copies, it is. But... I guess it's dangerous. I would assume because like they all take the damage and comes back to her, right? But I yeah. I could theoretically see she could make any number of clones she would need. Mm-hmm. And she can make any point... number of limbs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how much can she do? I wonder if she can actually, like, make, like, do, like, a, a mixture where she can make a cl- one clone of herself, but then give that clone also extra limbs. So they fight, like, multiple multi-limbed enemies at once. So you have, like, a multi- Mortal Kombat type of fight where it's, like, <laughs> where, it's, where it's, like, you know, it's like the final level of Mortal Kombat where it's, like, God, I'm banging on their names right now. The four, the four, the four armed people. <laughs> God damn it. I, how am I going Are you talking about, like... Here? I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not familiar enough. With Mortal the Kombat. cat guy and the guy with the ponytail. That's. I don't. I forget their names. <laughs> Whatever. My point being is that she can get creative with her abilities later yeah, on. Yeah, her powers are crazy. That's the point we're making. Like it's mm-hmm. getting. It has the potential to even get like wonky if Oda so chooses to go there. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually really excited for her because her fights are also uh, very interesting to watch. Um, I guess we mentioned already uh, Zoro. He probably had one of the stronger ones. Not the best one, in my opinion, but one of the stronger ones where he can literally, mm. like, make a tornado by spinning so fast with the swords. He drops cool one-liners. He has a great look, by the way, where he just drops the shirt now. He does what I wanted Sanji to do. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he, yeah, he drops the, like, the upper half of his, like, a comma off when he's fighting. Yep. And then yeah, he keeps the cool. beanie on, so he shows off all the scars that he's got on his, on his chest. And I'm just like, dude, why can't Sanji do that with the jacket? Just the jacket. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, San- Sanji needs like a, you know, like a Zoro bandana, like a fighting, like, indicator yeah. visual. Yeah, all he nice. has, all Sanji has is that Super Saiyan form where he gets so red hot that he has like, right. the flame effects that I will admit got a lot better as yeah, yeah, yeah. he's drawing more now flames. Now it's called, like, Hell's Memories, right? Something like that, yeah. But the flames have gotten so good now where I'm like, I'm getting that same, like, Pyromania kind of thing where I'm just like... Yo, this fire is really cool looking. I mean, this is like this is some deep shit. <laughs> this is some good fire. <laughs> this is lit. But um, yeah, so Zoro, real quick, uh, he almost like one shots his enemy. Like he breaks his enemy's swords like off screen. Right, that's how efficiently he's able to defeat him. And then the guy is like, "I'll have some hidden poison swords. You can't beat me." And then Zoro is like, "You know, fuck you." He does the what's it called? Like Purgatory Oni. Yeah, I think it's purg- Purgatory Onigiri. Onigiri? Okay, sorry, I have two words. Rice um, ball. Purgatory yeah. rice ball, yeah. And he he meets he makes short work of him. Um, in a unique circumstance, we have not only Sanji, we also have Jinbei against, uh, what, the giant troll? The giant man baby? What's right. The uh, 
Wadatsumi from Deccan's crew. <laughs> Wadatsumi. Yeah, and apparently um, his power is just, like, just to get larger and larger. So they just taunted him, right? Like, I bet you can't get any bigger. Oh, yeah. And he gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you have, like, this very jarring image of, like, him looking at the tiny Aunt Sanji on his cheek. Oh, you think I'm not big enough yet? And then that's when Jembe and Sanji act, where he's like, oh, he's like a balloon, right? I guess. I don't. I didn't see the logic uh, in that. Yeah. But. <laughs> but actually, that one actually does kind of make sense if he's a pufferfish fish man, right? Is he a pufferfish? I didn't see the spines. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. He's a, he's oh, a okay. pufferfish fish man, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, because I didn't see the spines on him, so that didn't, it didn't, run, mm-hmm. it didn't relate to me on that. But yeah, then they Jimbei does his uh his his ultimate basically, which was just one like beautiful punch that goes all throughout him, and then Sanji with his finale of just you know the, the extra kick to make sure he's down for good, right? Which was which was drawn very well. The fight wasn't too special, but it, it was fine. It, it did its job, right? How 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 strong their ultimates are. Strangely, also Jimbei's. I wonder why he had also equal treatment in terms of the glow up. Hmm. I mean, he kind of <laughs> technically he got Nami's fight, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, like unfortunately, the tenth member or ninth, like uh, of Hody's crew that should have been fought by Nami was instead fought by Jimbei. Yeah, like, yeah. If anything, it should have been a team fight between Nami and Sanji. Sanji would have loved that. But instead, we got Jimbei and Sanji, which, you know, it's not bad, like I said, but it's just, you know, me being salty because my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess like Sanji and Jimbei, they also didn't get 1v1s because they were fighting together, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, then we get to probably the best three of the glow-ups. Uh, we got Usopp, who, this is probably his first fight where he was not afraid. He was in control the entire time. Which is incredibly rare, because even with fights like Thriller Bark, where he had like a hard time at the beginning and then got kind of confident at the end, because he figured out the, the weakness, he knew right away what to do, because he had much stronger tools of like summoning, uh, like the green pellets, where he summons uh, plants to help him, or yeah, like he had the bamboo, he had like the giant like gloom flower that had like the incredible stench, and then he also was fighting this dude, and he was just like, you know, I got you, I got your number, dude, like. Three moves, you're done. I'm just like, all right, I see the chest chest going on. He's a controller. <laughs> yeah. He's like a controller when you're fighting. All right, all right. You yeah, know, he's, like a, he's like a zoner and if you're in a fighting game, right? Pretty much, like a yeah. zoner trapper. And he's like, dude, your health bar is in the red right now. I got my I got my level threes lined up. Like, you're fucking dead, dude. I'm sorry. I got you figured out. <laughs> I got the mind <laughs> games going. So that was pretty cool. Um, you love oh, to see I, it. I, I said the best last three. I meant the last four. I forgot about Brooke. Brooke. Oh, Brooke was good. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke gets the one of the best references in One Piece to date. Twice. Just really on a personal level. Yeah, Twice. two times. Twice. He gets two. He's Ken, two Kenshiro references, right? Yep. Fist of the North Star, where it's like, you've already been cut. And he's cheats his sword, and they're just done. I yeah, loved it. Loved just, it. L- just literally play the clip from YouTube where it's like, oh my wa, shouldn't or whatever how it goes. Oh, and then she goes, <laughs> and then the goons go, nudgy, and then they just get cut up by Brooke. Um, but I did like how before that, too, he had like the concerts to like distract him first because his music's so well, so great that it mesmerizes or hypnotizes Yeah, people. he's like, he got, <laughs> I guess, like soul affecting powers, mm-hmm. it seems like. Yeah, where we get that little tidbit as well, where he can actually retreat from his body because his soul is the re- is actually the revival, revival power kind of thing. So that's why he can be decapitated and still live because he's a skeleton. 
but that soul is the main thing, right? That soul in- encompassing whatever body it is in, that's when it becomes vulnerable. Or, you know, that's the main weakness. So when he has, he's fighting the dude and he gets impaled by, he gets decapitated, he's like, dude, that's fine, dude. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did he kill me? I'm fine. I'm Brooke. <laughs> and then he does the second Kenshiro reference and just completely wipes the floor with him. I also, I didn't notice before, but did he always have, like, the angry look when he was fighting? Brooke? Brooke? I, I think, like, the, the slanted eye kind of, like, changed in that, you mean? I, fe- I felt like maybe either either it was improved or more detailed this time, because it was this arc when I really noticed it, when he got, like, real serious with his moves. And I was like, dude, that's like a, that's like a tattoo you can get. Holy shit, just that face. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think, yeah, but... I, and I want to say, I think that we needed this for Brooke because... He actually hasn't been with us that long. He hasn't. They got you know separated I mean? as soon as I got him. <laughs> yeah, well, we got him in Thriller Bark, which was a long mm-hmm. time ago, it seems like. But then he was literally gone right after that, the very next arc, until mm-hmm. this arc. <laughs> the, the last arc, technically, right? But Yeah. So it's, it's really it. for- It's like yeah, the second arc with Brooke in it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely really fortunate that he got one of the better glow-ups, too. And the, again, two Fist of the North Star references. Oh, I kind of glossed over it real quick, but it is kind of important. Um, Sanji, he can moonwalk now. Or, not, Sky sorry. Sky, I, I had that moonwalk <laughs> as a He notes. really worked on his moves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt he could. I, it might be called moonwalk. I, I thought it was skywalk. My note said moonwalk. I went back, I, I went back to my Water 7 notes. I wrote down moonwalk. I wasn't sure if that's the actual that, name that might or be I was joking the around. translation. I am like, I'm incredibly good at completely ignoring all of the the names that they have for moves and filling it in with what I remember it to be. So I am, I am not the person to be asking yeah. <laughs> what what it actually said in the comic. You know, yeah, because because it, it looks more right now. Yeah, because it looks more like a sky jump where he he can literally infinite jump. Like imagine how broken that is. Like you're Kirby from Super Smash Brothers, but you have infinite jumps. You just go higher, higher, right, higher, higher, higher. higher. So I wonder if there's any downsides for him. Uh, sky jumping that high or that much. I like to imagine that if he does it too much, he starts getting some strain, right? Some some fatigue. But I assume so because it, it is like a martial art on some level, mm-hmm. right? So he, I, there has to be some kind of air. strain in your body. Yeah, it's like a really hard kick. Yeah. So I'd imagine if he did enough, he'd get fatigued. But again, it's the glow up time, so no none of the straw hats are having a hard time, except for Nami when she fell over after the giant man baby fell over and made Sanji angry. Whatever. I'm just saying, Oda, you need to work on your Nami fights. <laughs> and that, that's a good power-up for, for Sanji. Like, I like that Skywalk as being like one of his staple improvements, you know? Oh, I thought you were talking about how he turns Super Saiyan when Nami gets knocked over. I thought you were talking about that being a great power-up. Because <laughs> no, no. I'm like, eh, I'll disagree. But yeah, the 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 the, the sky jumps, I'm just like, hell yeah, that's fucking great. I, I, I'm down for that. Kicks the air so hard he flies. Fuck it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's great. It's great. Um, oh, Chopper got a very interesting one. Um, hey, honestly, pretty pretty impressive. Absolutely. That was like, that was more than I thought. Like, you know, like, that was like, his was one of those where you're like, damn, like all that, you know, like it's more than you expect. Mm -hmm. For me, at least it was. Yeah, absolutely. Because in Shibodi, uh, we mentioned, at least I did, uh, I mentioned that, okay, his farms look older, look bigger, but his base form still looks the same. So I'm curious what the others look like. He has a new form that I don't think I've seen before, which is like that. It looks like the beetle form. He doesn't call it beetle form, but it looks like it. He said it was like a new and improved horn point. Right. Okay. He used it to dig around because one of the guys Honestly, fighting dude, it, underground. It, he Chopper has gotten so insanely weird to me at this point because he. It <laughs> seems that he can basically just control his body to to do like whatever the hell he needs it to do. 
mm-hmm. like at but the time. Honestly, I'm fine with that because it's I like, am too. But, but it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's both weird track. and interesting. I guess you know because old horn point was mm-hmm. it was previously like a it was a reindeer dominant form. Yeah, right? that's what I remember. And yeah. now his horn point is like a hybrid. You know, of he's like, like in hybrid primarily. It's just everything's like shifting, and I'm just like. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In this arc, it looked like Heracross from Pokemon, where I'm just like, you know, I'm down to do some Mega Horn on that shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get some shit on there. Um, I kind of wish this was the f- the final move, but it wasn't. But it was when Usopp and Chopper had a real quick tag team move, where yeah. there was a villain that was digging underground, and they both like, okay, Chopper, fill in the holes for me, and I'm gonna throw in like my stink plant down there, or like my uh my instant growth plant. I forget which one it was. But to flush him out, right? And there yeah, was some kind of explosive, like yeah, plan, right? Yeah, to basically uh, push him out. And they're like, "Yeah, we learned this from Alabasta." <laughs> Where I'm just like, <laughs> "Yes, more tag teams, please!" But then it got to one on ones. But the finale for Chopper was it's revealed that he can go into any and all of his forms without the without his Rumble Balls, right? He can go in and out, no problem. Similar to how you know Luffy can go into second form almost. And like, that's what, that's year. enough for me. That would have been that would have been enough. good. That would have been enough. Honestly, and, act, I don't know. <laughs> even just a couple of new forms, I think, would have been like sufficient for Chopper's power up, right? Like some a couple mm-hmm. cool new forms. Yeah, possibly. I'm actually, I'm, but as of right now, I'm actually more of a fan of this because I like the idea of him having the same seven forms, but him getting slightly more creative with each form. That to me is mm-hmm. more with Chopper's character than because it is more it is interesting and probably even easier to do to give him more forms. But I've seen what that can do in a series where it's not controlled and it loses its luster. So in this case, I'm just happy that he's just perfecting his current forms, and I hope that keeps continuing on. Because if you uh, acknowledge that, it's hard to keep track of like what's his like vanilla horn form. That's good for mm-hmm. me because I'm just like okay, the I job is see- the same. I just I would really want to see it before this series is over. Someone that's not Chopper eat a Rumble Ball, like another zone type. That is true. What what would happen if Luffy ate a Rumble Ball? Or yeah, or eat like another type of Devil Fruit, because clearly there's some kind of strange interaction, right? Like with mm-hmm. the Devil Fruit and the Rumble Ball. So I I just want to see someone else eat one. I really I really do. Speaking of Rumble Balls, Justin, what does Chopper do now with the Rumble Ball? Well, now when he eats um, the Rumble Ball, he ball? Gets complete control of Monster Point. Mm-hmm. He, he gets he goes full on uh, Banner. Well, again, now he calls it Monster Point. Before it was just I guess it was before as well, right? Just the monster thing that he did. Mm-hmm. I I just called it Hulk form personally. You're talking about different names for like Moonwalk. I'm just like this is this is my name for this. I just call it Hulk form. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. And this case, like yeah, he goes like complete like scientist Hulk Banner Hulk mode where he's yeah, in complete Professor control. Hulk. Yep, he's in complete control for three minutes. Three minutes of well, we'll call him Doctor Hulk out of respect, right? <laughs> Doctor Hulk, yep. Three minutes of playtime, and he just wipes the floor with his fight. Once he goes into form, like he tells Usopp, "Like I got three minutes," and then just bitch slaps the guy he's fighting. <laughs> and I'm just like, "That's fine. It's the glow up arc. Yeah. That's fine. There's no tension. Just give me some entertaining bits." Speaking of entertaining bits, I think the best glow up by far is Frankie because he yep. gets. The connection, right? He gets a little cheat as well. He gets the connections with the Thousand Sunny extra vehicles as well. Yeah. So we get the Brachio the, tank and... and the Rhino, the Black Rhino. Yeah. Um, there you go. Black Rhino. Does the Black Rhino look the like the Akira Rhino. motorcycle to you or no? 
I think it at least, especially in like it's kind of elongated like shape. I think it's definitely you know like in that vein. Yeah, not not like a one to one like one to one comparison, obviously, but like no, it just it has a similar look, similar look to it, like a sci fi armored bike kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, that looks kind of close enough. Um, and then he has the Brachio tank, which it, it's just a tank. It's just a tank. <laughs> it's just a tank. Yeah, it's a tank. yeah. We, a tank. we we got uh, we got tanks now in the One Piece universe. Um, don't question it, and don't question it. On the and same we line, we got Mecca. Also, <laughs> don't question it, General Fucking Frankie. We got the mech. It's he amazing. got the mech. He got the mech he wanted, and it even has a fucking height beam that Fulgore uses in Killer Instinct as his ultimate. So beautiful. All the guys, all the Straw Hats, have eyes in their eye. Uh, sorry, stars in their eyes, like me, going, "Oh my god, Frankie is the best." Oh my god, <laughs> I love and, Frankie. But the best part is they. Every single time they do these reactions, Oda has to show Robin's reaction every time because it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's literally just her like with a straight face, like in dot 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 panel. Yeah, it's or, a call, it's a call yeah. it's a callback back to Thriller Bark where she's like, "I refuse to partake in this stupid ass mech thing you're trying to do." Where this time there was them. one, there was Nami as well. It was Nami and Robin, and they were both just like. Mm-hmm. They're just so like, unimpressed. They're just like, I don't, I don't understand, guys. I really don't. I'm just like, you don't understand. <laughs> Honestly, that that's unbelievable to me. I'm so disappointed. Uh, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed that they don't understand how useful a giant ass fucking hype. That's what I'm. Be. That's what I'm with you. I can't believe that Nami can't see the benefits of having this on her crew. Like you yeah. know, I would understand when there was like a side gag as well as going on when um he's doing. Frankie's doing the shoulder cannon mode for the mech, and it's literally just Frankie climbing out of the mech and just shooting from the shoulder. <laughs> I'm just like, are we getting Titanfall here now? Are we getting Titanfall here? He's literally riding on the shoulder of a Titan? A mecha? Are we are getting Titanfall? Oda? Before Titanfall? I'm, I'm just saying, Titanfall's a great game. Play it. But yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of good, pretty fun action, and it is just like a curb stomp, basically. It's absolutely. the reverse of what they just did to Neptune, only probably even worse, because it's 10 versus 50,000, so... Yeah, and so pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing for them. Really great for us. They're even in the um. You had like that double panel as well of all the strats done with their fights. Where they're wait, just... why is it only fifty thousand? Do we do we give credit where credit is due? Fifty thousand what? Why it's only fifty thousand men instead of a hundred thousand? Oh well, we wanted to save Luffy. We did because we, we were skipping Luffy till Luffy yeah. the end. So, so like, at the <laughs> yeah yeah so at the very start of the fight, Hody goes, "I have a hundred thousand men, seventy thousand fishermen pirates, and thirty thousand human slaves. You have no chance. You're outnumbered." This guy has never played Dynasty Warriors before, so <laughs> Luffy just walks up as the first wave starts charging in. He does his Supreme King again, like he did Shibodi, right? Oh my god. So On a like so mass scale. A mass scale. <laughs> 50,000 gone. Just face down, just foaming at the mouth, just like just completely done. <laughs> On- honestly, if it weren't for the fact that we needed a glow-up arc for the other Straw Hats too, this should have been enough to stop the fight. This yeah, sh- alone. We were talking enough. about this in a, before the episode. Like that's it, right? If you Shatter, see Straw Hat Luffy, like this one, any one person walking onto a battlefield, and then immediately, like within seconds, half of your fighting force is they destroyed. Just just and especially fall. when you have those kind of numbers, I I'm done. I'm like dropping my weapons. I'm like, no, yeah, You're, I'm not gonna fight the dude that just eliminated 
the equivalent of my entire family history throughout all of time <laughs> in three seconds. <laughs> you know, like, with, without a thought. And I will be forgotten because I wasted my time with this bullshit. <laughs> I'm trying to oppose <laughs> yeah, like, the no. Supreme King. And on top, oh, you know what? We kind of glossed over this very key part. Uh, actually, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. This is a perfect segue, actually. So right before that 50,000 collapse happens, Hody is going on a villain monologue tantra here. And he goes, with these men, I will take them to the surface. We will go to the reverie, kill all the people who are there, right? Which is actually like a no shit moment for me because mm-hmm. the pre-chapter showed all of our friends from Drum Island, from Alabasta also going there. So, oh right. shit, you're threatening them now. And then he goes, and I will become the true king of pirates. <laughs> Say it with me, guys. Yeah. He fucked up. He Biggest fucked up. mistake. <laughs> And that's when Luffy was like, oh, you made this personal. You made this fucking personal. I was a mercenary originally, just hired for this. Now you made it personal. He's like, oh, hold up. You said you're going to be what? (laughs) Wait a minute, hold up. Takes out 50,000 guys and then makes... That that was like such a record scratch. You know, like... Yeah, it was at... Yeah, you fucked up, man. Yeah, it was at this moment that he realized he fucked up. (laughs) And Luffy makes really... Uh, short work of Hody. At least round one, he does. He's on the surface, right? And then Hody um, is trying desperately to try and uh, get some recovery. Luffy draws in like the first punch. Um, Hody like actually nails a head headshot on Luffy, but Luffy's rubber, so he just elast- it bends backwards, right? And does like a major headbutt. Goes in, breaks through the diamond shields, and hits them still. It's like I also it's really so liked that, like right after that. Like, he intended that. He thought that was the end of the fight. Yeah. He th- I won. He's like, wow, you're still standing. <laughs> like, well, that's impressive. And, I was like, and, that made me laugh, actually. And Luffy you know? is literally smiling after the headbutt with his forehead on smoke and just, like, rubbing it with his thumb, just going, like, I, I kind of hurt a little bit. Like, you just headbutted two diamond shields at maximum velocity. And you're just like, that kind of hurt a little bit. Armament's really strong. Or at least when Luffy, the way he, how he mastered yeah. it, holy shit. Right. I, I mean, basically, the idea that runs in the general consciousness of our of this one piece fandom is that it is equivalent to your willpower literally right hockey being like will and it's luffy so yeah so <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's luffy there you go no no more explanation do you, do you need more do, do you need more on that no <laughs> luffy willpower is good enough um and then again it's just so one-sided with how he deals with hody first off but then we have a distraction going on for this round one. You know, round one, Luffy wins, like, perfect victory, right? No no competition. Yeah. Um, We get a new threat going on, which kind of amps the stakes a little bit. I didn't feel much real tension going on with this. But we get to see our least favorite character of all One Piece, Vanderdecken, going, I'm going to throw the Noah at Fishman Island because the princess said no to me a second time. And I'm just gone full on. He, he, he became an, in- an incel at this point. Right, where he's just like, if I can't have her, I'm just gonna kill everything and everyone. And I mean, yeah, um, he he actually was an incel like 100 yeah, percent the whole time. Abso- absolutely, yeah. Pedo incel, all the worst above psychopath. <laughs> and still, nothing about him is funny or great. Like he's, you would think these are like the traits of having like an, an like at least a villain that you love to hate, like Spandom. Like because that guy was a craven motherfucker that loved to take credit and loved being power hungry and cruel. But I loved to hate that guy. This guy, I'm just like, are you done? You done? Just so done. underwhelming, right? <laughs> yeah. 
because we always say like, oh, if something is bad by One Piece standards, it's probably still good by other shonen standards. No, this guy is bad by. He's actually, standards. unfortunately, he's actually was bad. He didn't yeah. need to be in the arc. Straight up, discussed. Like, we kind of mentioned it last week. He just doesn't need to be here. Yeah. On the bright side, you can look at this. On the bright side, it took this long for Oda to come up with a bad villain. Five hundred and eighty chapters, or well, how long? How far are we in this point? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like six hundred yeah, chapters. Yeah, uh, we're at six fifty three. Is where it ends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, more than that. So it took him this long to have a bad villain, right? And I'm the one who shits on Mister Three, but I know not everyone hates Mister Three that much, especially because he clutched up and brain forward, right? So this time we got an actual bad villain. Um, he throws the Noah, and then we have a new thing where now Luffy and Fukuboshi, one of the free princes, oh sorry, all the princes, but he's riding on Fukuboshi's back, is trying to ride up and stop the ship some way or another. Because the original plan was destroy the ship, right? Or some way to divert it. The princess catches wind that it's aiming at her. She does the awesome thing of actually swimming away. And the ship is diverted. And that's like a good moment for her. That's like the only real justification I can see for this whole Noah thing needing to happen. Yeah, you get a you get a great moment where Shirahoshi calls to action. If are you the person to jump to action or to freeze when that critical moment happens? She acts right. So, all right, awesome. You're not you know you're not the wimpy Hoshi that Luffy made fun of you the whole time. You you actually jumped to action. She's crying the whole time, obviously, but, but she's come doing on. it. She's, she's trying her best. It. Uh, I, just, I just found it funny that Luffy was giving her such a hard time the entire arc, even after yeah. that. <laughs> he's like, like he's like that really really strict dad, you know? Like, no, quit crying, buck up, he, come on! He gave, like, he gave he gave Kobe, your back. he gave Kobe a pass a lot faster for smaller reasons. Come on, <laughs> I, I don't really think he gave Kobe a pass. I feel Did like he, he treats them the same. Because he was Cody, he's like, man, I really don't like you. Like actually, when they met, you know? Actually, looking back on it, I think you're right. I don't think he had a, yeah, an actual think... nickname for Hobie, like he did for Shirahoshi. I don't think he did. did he? I don't think so, no. Yeah. So, never mind. I'll take it back. He then. just did it. He's like, yeah, I don't like you. Like, at first, he's like, you're a wimp. <laughs> yeah. Little crybaby boy. And that's true. And even at the end of the day, Luffy just goes, he says, I hate you, which makes her cry. But then he just goes, you want to hang out? <laughs> so, it's like, Luffy, you're a strange one. <laughs> you're a strange one, but we love you for it. Um. Oh, the start off to the sequence though was actually a really cool tag team as well. Uh, Sanji kicks him up in the air, kind of like a drum island kick a callback. Oh yeah, yeah. Launches him up or Alabasta callback, and I'm just like, anytime there's teamwork like this, I'm all for it. Um, and as, on another just quick teammate note, I also uh-huh. really liked uh, in like the towards the beginning of the that's the whole the- fighting sequence, right when. Oh no, it's actually right when we just mentioned when Luffy's walking towards Hody and like yeah. two of his henchmen are like, like we're gonna let you touch him. Yep. And but then, then Zoro and Sanji are just immediately there, like knocking yep. him out of the way, like, nah, fam. Like yep. can't like, touch nah. Luffy. <laughs> like, Not today. Like, like you think you're that strong? Like, try us first if you even yeah, think like, you got a chance. Can't step, you can't step up to the crew's king, bro. Ch- calm down. Mm. So unfortunately, when this series of events happens, we start having a little bit of issues. At least for me, I think you agree too. Right. Start, this is where start, it all kind of it's kind of all wrapped up. Like all the pro- all of my mi- biggest issues are like all here. in this section. <laughs> yeah. Both, yeah, both in action and in narration. At least for me, but many of the action where it starts becoming hard to follow things. I don't necessarily blame Oda for just, like, fucking up here. Because we're talking about, you know, when you're talking about action sequences, you're talking about an X and Y axis on a ground floor, right? Maybe a hill or something like that. We're talking about fish swimming. So now you have a Z axis 
on the background of just the endless abyss of the ocean. So it's just yeah. gray on that, So basically, I had this. I felt the same thing. And what we both, mm. I think, are saying is that it's this it's fight, the especially the parts when they're not even on the deck of the Noah, is like really hard to follow because mm-hmm. there's nothing really to or- in the background of the drawing to like orient yourself because it's just like deep sea, you know, like emptiness. Mm-hmm. And there's also just like it's a 360 degree sphere of potential like fight, you know, like action because they're in Espe- water. Yeah, especially when you have this clash of like white colors on the manga where Luffy has this bubble, you know, keeping him alive from the pressure and oxygen. Um, on Fukuboshi's back, also a very, you know, bright skinned mermaid tailed by Hody, who's now a great white at this point from all the steroids with white hair. So you have this dark gray background of nothingness for comparison. And then you're mixed up with these three characters during these clashing action scenes going, okay, wait, did Hody just cut him with that new fin sword he has? Oh, he missed? I thought he hit him. He even goes like, yowch or yikes. Like there's a, like, that's so hard to follow. Did Hody bite Luffy or did Luffy punch Hody? I think both. Like it's it comes really right. hard yeah, to follow. It, it gets it's hard to follow, and it's like yeah. it's undeniable. Yeah. So that yeah. So we mentioned that it's hard to follow that. But I think my biggest disappointment comes at this part, right, where you have Luffy temporarily with Shirahoshi because he's trying to get onto the ship. Um, this is after, by the way, Hody actually does have a devious plan of oh, the they're trying to take away the ship, right? Let me just kill. Uh, Vanderdecken, so the, sh- the power just turns off, and then it starts sinking again, right? This starts crushing the castle, then the island. And therefore, you're thinking, you know, me and, I, me and you were both thinking, like, oh, so this is the prophecy, right, that she was talking about, the fortune teller, where, oh, straw, the straw hat will bring ruin to the Fishman yeah, Island. Yeah, narratively, I think that's that's supposed to be the fear, right? The, no- mm-hmm. the Noah destroying Fishman Island. But yeah. as we were saying, I don't think anyone believed that was going to happen. Like, Not actually. really, yeah. But they could have, but Oda had this, you know, this could have been a red herring, right? Where he wanted you to think this, right? Where he's like, oh, this is the, this is the fortune, right? So think this. Um, cause I wasn't a hundred percent thinking that was going to happen, but I was definitely thinking, uh, okay, is this going to be like that? Okay. But I wasn't thinking too much about it. Um, but then we're getting to the, where I thought was the most disappointing part of the entire arc, which is actually, I think you can narrow down to four or five pages. So probably. Probably. I think that might, that might be true. <laughs> yeah, so you know the moment I'm talking about. I was talking to you about this moment for like two fucking weeks, trying to summarize my <laughs> thoughts to why I yeah. did not like this moment at all. And Fukuboshi confronts Hody of, why are you doing this? Why are you killing your own men, your own fishmen, your own humans? Uh, you're, uh, sorry, you're killing everybody. You're killing humans. Why are you doing this? What have the humans done to you? And he responds with one word. What is it, Justin? Nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. The word nothing. (laughs) So I have issues with this on two fronts. One on a like a realm of disbelief level, which is why I like you lost me on this, is if you know racists, they never say nothing. If anything, they would say everything and give you a shit ton of stupid reasons that make no sense. But they never admit to say they didn't do anything to me, I just hate them. Right. So that part, I'm like, all right, you lost me on that point. And that's why I told you the first time right away. But it didn't feel enough. Right. It's like there's something else here that was missing of like why it felt really bad. But this was a missed opportunity for Hody to actually be 
a complex hated villain, right? Which is a kind of hard thing to say. But we know that this is a horrible, racist, elitist motherfucker who wants to kill humans and other fishmen who are traitors in his eyes. But you could have had this opportunity to um, mash all the pieces together that you set up before, right? About classism, about the district being left out, about, you know, people being neglected. And you could have had Hody literally screaming at Fukuboshi here, the prince, right? The future heir to um, the kingdom. And if Fukuboshi ended up saying something along the lines of more like, why don't you want to progress and immigrate to the service like the rest of us? And Hody could have responded with, why would I trust you to immigrate us with the humans if you won't even let us at Fishman District immigrate with you? Okay, and that's how I felt, too. So wait, let me chime in and kind of backtrack a little bit. And like, I guess we have to overarch. We have to kind of throw out everything here, right? Yeah, it's all all here. (laughs) This is the the time. So I agree with mostly everything. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind that if the humans had done nothing to Hody, I'm surprisingly, I'd be okay with that, is what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you can play that in, to the whole, like, oh, yeah, the children will be affected by hate, because I think to some extent that is kind of, like, a real thing that can happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So if they had played that correctly, it would have been good. But I do mm-hmm. agree that him saying, like, oh, they haven't done anything to me, was mm-hmm. bad. That was just a bad, like, as a character writing. Mm-hmm. But they... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, sorry, I thought you were done. Um, What I was wondering, too, was, I say five pages, not just one. Because the one page is when he says nothing. And then we have four pages of Fukuboshi on the snail phone talking to the entirety of the kingdom, right? (laughs) And going how we fucked up, even though it comes way too fast. This, to me, should have been related in terms of Hody saying all this, which was we neglected them for too long, right? We were too late for them. We only focus on outward appearances He's and that's prop. not the like the main issue of the arc that's be, that has been brought up the whole time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, this this discrepancy with the Fishman District, which I get that you can kind of make the argument that they're completely ignored, but narratively they should not have been. If that's like the payoff, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point yeah. I'm trying to make. I guess in the the long run is that if you were gonna do all that, you should have. There needed to be more about the Fishman District earlier in the arc, really. And exactly. Like that that dichotomy needed to be explored a lot exactly. more. Yeah, so what Oda was trying to do was trying to say that the Fishman Pirates were a product of their own environment, right? But during this emotional climax, like Justin just said, this is not what he was building up to. If hindsight's twenty twenty, if he combined the heavy themes of the vicious cycle of hatred, right, which he did, this this part he did very well, with yes. how that is fueled by neglect and the classism of the Fishman District literally being overshadowed by a prophecy, the Noah, right, that the king and the kingdom care much more about than the people who are living in ancient Greek buildings and the slums, right? And the only role models they have, because they're being ignored, is Arlong, or all these Fishman pirates that are constantly going, by the way, this is a holy war. And that's another problem too with this because we have this additional theme of like that. Religious, uh, I, I didn't even—I wasn't even going to mention it, but that was so weird. Yeah, so, like literally over the course, just randomly out of nowhere, and it's—it only happens like literally two times, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's called the, a holy war out of nowhere. 
like it they're happened. making it a just like, religious justification for their mm-hmm. racism now. Yeah, and that's when I, we're going like, wait, there was no like any kind of like messaging or th- themes or motifs about like bad crusades or jihads. Like, there's none of that. Why are we bringing up right. holy wars now? And I think this was like a that, local issue. If if we had gone the same route we were saying earlier, with he just randomly spouting out bullshit, trying to like get people to agree with him, would have mm-hmm. been fine. But that's not the way it was portrayed. You know. Yeah. If you spotted around the bullshit that a more realistic racist would say, it wouldn't have made the moment much better. It just wouldn't have made it more disappointing or worse. It just would have been like, oh, right, he's fallen into the vicious cycle of hatred, right? It would have been thematically like he, on like point. Yeah, he'll believe anything that he wants to believe at this point. Exactly, you know? exactly. And spell the usual shit. But it's also more shocking that he would say nothing because within those pages, we see the flashback of Hody literally seeing um the fishman district like seeing the benefits of arlong and fisher tiger going out and raiding against the humans and how that hatred is manifesting and how when there's that one person like hachi going you know that human really he's not so bad and then he just goes nah i don't want to hear that you're full of shit i don't want to hear it and go and then you know but they're not emphasizing about like how anyone was trying to see that as an issue they just let it slide as like oh kids being kids or just no big deal because it even goes so far as to show you what some fishmen did when they find out that someone donated blood to a human, and they were hooded figures in the middle of the night dragging yeah, people out. Yeah, it was definitely it was them. You, it was the yeah. it was the uh, the new fishmen pirates. Like so obviously, <laughs> yeah. So I really felt like this was like almost like he was attempting to mix themes together. Right, have like this moment, but instead of having like this beautiful masterpiece of like Oda fucking gets it, it ends up being okay. The theme was already done in the past, and now we just want you to hate this guy, right? As a as a just like this evil villain, because literally after this moment, he just goes raw like a shark, and he just looks like you know just a monster at this point. I'm just like, so the moment that we could have made this complex villain at least relatable in some horrific way right instead we just have this cartoon villain that just he's evil because his you know he was just raised to be evil kind of yeah it it just it felt a little flat and i think i think it plays a part in in the arc itself like the whole front to back story right because Mm -hmm. the story that we're getting set up for not like the Fishmen District finally receiving some kind of recognition or right, being treated as equals, but what we're mm-hmm. actually getting is that the Fishmen like don't want to live here anymore and they want to leave and go to the surface, right? Yeah, like they no more race them from humans. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And so the conclusion of the arc that we get, it seems so lackluster because it doesn't involve that. Instead, it's like, oh yeah, let's close the Fishman District and now we all live together. It's like mm-hmm. that's good, but it's not. I- it's, it's you know, it wasn't up built up. Like, nothing yeah. about that, like, connects with me yet. Because what I want to see is the fishmen getting to leave this dark, like, abyss that they seemingly hate and go live on the surface. Yeah. Right? So, for, so that's what yeah. you were promising me in this arc. And mm-hmm. before everyone starts hating, we do both understand that that is probably going to happen, I'd say most definitely, right? It mm-hmm. is going to happen later. But in this arc, it hurts because that's the primary issue that they created and did not resolve by the end of it. That's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah, if the if Oda was much heavier on like I mentioned it like real briefly last episode where I'm like, hey, there's like little themes of classism in here. Maybe that's gonna be a bigger thing. It's never brought up again because, like you said, Fishman District is just like that thing off to the side. Don't care about it. 
But if that was brought in much more into the narrative, this uh, that speech that Fukuboshi said, even though I still think he should have saved that for after the fight, um, I just would have hit a lot more. I think Hody should have been saying it himself also. Kinda. Yeah, exactly. It should have come from <laughs> his heart. It should have come from the yeah. bottom of his horrible, cruel heart. But then he would have been somewhat relatable and going like, I still completely hate you for what you're doing, but I can see why you feel like this, right? And then when you have the moments that occur after the action settles down and then they go, all right, close down the district. You're all coming up to live with us. Then that would have hit more of like, okay, the royal family learned from their mistakes. But as we have it right here, Fuka seemingly pulled this moral out of his ass of like, so you kind of knew what was going on, but we as the reader didn't know word for word. Like we kind of did because we had the notes of all these little pieces of social injustice, classism going on. But it wasn't strong. It wasn't clear. It was almost like it was too subtle, too infrequent, because the things that were very clear into the surface were everything about the vicious cycle of hatred with Odahime and Fisher Tiger. So it's it was just incredibly disappointing because this could have worked so good. So sorry, so good, so good, so good. It worked so good. I, yeah, that it would have been like a top three arc for me of all time. And I would have been like, this is a great way to start the new world. Holy shit, all these heavy themes tied in together with Odo understanding everything and just hitting a grand slam. Instead, he kind of so, hits like so a close. bunt to, to base hit. Yeah, we're just, it's, it's yeah instead hit. of gets like maybe an RBI, you know? Yeah, like, base fine. hit. Yeah, it's, it, but it should have been a grand slam. The pitch was right down the middle, dude. It wasn't a fastball. It's It was a, it was a shitty curveball. You saw it coming. You should have hit that fucker out of here. Eh, base hit. <laughs> so... It doesn't mean to say I dislike the arc now, like we say. It's just when you see yeah, moments it, like this, like a little bit of narrative disconnect. The themes kind of like uh, man, if they just switched the amount of time when they were talking about like fishmen and humans, and like the you know what I mean, and then like switched that with the the fishman district and fishman island, yeah, that... and then it, we just got just a little bit of like fishmen and humans, like that was for later. I think that would have made a huge difference. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would say yeah. keep Odahime's flashback the way it was, but then have Fisher Tiger's flashback focus more on Fishman District. Have it more so that why do these pirates have all these volunteers? Because it's like, well, the government doesn't care, give a shit about us, so we're just gonna, we're going to go out there and take what we need, right? While also on this mission to free the slaves, right? You have a mixture of a little bit of the other arc, but the main focus will be about the you know the people who are suffering down there because there are a, a few panels where it shows that district having. Like lost city of Atlantis architecture, ancient Greece slums. Yeah, where it's... I, yeah, it looks. Uh, <laughs> I think it, it, you can even see similar like symbols to what we saw on, like on Poneglyphs, right? Like in on some of those buildings, mm-hmm. like those ancient buildings. So, and then obviously there is a Poneglyph here, so there's definitely some kind of connection. And it's an issue that people are still living in those places when you have Fishman Island in its own bubble. Um, you know, within the sun in their own hierarchy as well. That's a horrible thing too. But at least they're a little better off. But what could have been another slam dunk for Hody was if he's going through that emotional rage of like, why do you hate humans so much, right? I thought the very clear, obvious thing he could have done, even if the Fishman District shit wasn't focused on, was why should I give a shit about what this monarchy wants and tells us that, you know, to live with the humans and forget about our past? Like they literally say forget about the discrimination, which is a horrible thing to do. Why should I give a shit about what you guys want to do when you guys literally live in your own bubble like the Celestial Dragons? 
Yeah. Why should I give a that, shit? That should have been the be slam good. dunk line. Because I thought it was so clear. They even showed it when the, the no was dropping. You can see it over and over again. Look, it's in its own bubble. It's yeah, outside. It's like not in the main bubble. Yeah. Why should we breathe the same air as the as the peasants, right? That kind of shit. Now we know the princes and princess and the king, they don't feel that way like the celestial dragons, but we're talking about optics and presentation throughout how important it is to look the part, because as small as it is, people do see it, right? The children, they observe. So when they see that, holy shit, you're not painting a good message. So just to add on to all these things about like, it's just so disappointing you had the pieces in place to tell some kind of narrative, but you also set up a certain theme, but then you introduce a new theme during the emotional climax that was slightly and subtly alluded to, right? And it could have worked. I still think it could have worked personally if Hody was the one emotionally like letting him out while they're fighting, right? They're still fighting in the water, going like, why should I give a shit? You guys are basically the celestial dragons. Look, you're in your own fucking bubble down there. So it could it could have worked, but it horribly didn't, unfortunately. And instead, what we got is a very flat villain that's going to be a low tier villain for me when he could have been easily. Well, like he's one of the most forgettable because, like, exactly, yeah, which is incredibly unfortunate. So I think I got what I wanted off of that. Yeah, I think we said. I think we. I got everything I wanted to say. Really, too. Most of my. I think so. I knew that was going to be. That was gonna be our juiciest bit. I knew the that reason this arc bit. makes me upsetty spaghetti sometimes when I think Q- about it. Like you and twenty reviews going, you guys don't get Hody at all. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't yeah. get Fishman. Yeah, Island. with fifty one star reviews, like oh my god, you guys didn't oh, even read it. Like, yeah. So no, after, I think, I think yeah. honestly, I, like I said, I think if uh, I think if Fishman Island were like a Steam game, it would have like all time mixed reviews. You know, <laughs> I can I can definitely see that. And even as time goes on, it's still mixed. Where it's like, yeah, yeah just the narrative problems are there. Like, I it'll know probably look for. a lot better in hindsight. Like especially when the series done, like it'll probably feel better. You know, but those mm-hmm. of us that went through it like week to week, especially a lot of people were just like, man, I'm I'm over it. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because this is the first arc into the new world. So you would think, like, after the time skip, you would want this to be your, you know, your slam dunk of a great opener to the new Straw Hats, the new powers, the new course, the new world. And then we got this, which is shaky. It's not the, it's not terrible, right? It's not bad. It's just, you, this could have been, like, better than Alabasta, but, oh, just, yeah, it could have, like, it could (laughs) have cemented itself as, like, a top five, like, arc. Easy, easy. But um, it, it, it all falls apart in that second half. They really yeah. had us in the first half, but absolutely. <laughs> in that second go half. back to yeah, go back to yeah. part one of us like praising the first part of how Oda was really good it at really knowing his you. shit, and then just it just didn't come together. I'm almost convinced that there was some outside influence that made him change his mind about the themes because, like again, like we mentioned, how like the term "holy war" is used twice in one chapter and never and again, before never and again, after. and never before. <laughs> it's as if he probably had this other plan in mind. Maybe it was a little better than what we said. Maybe worse, but maybe someone else was like, "Dude, I know what we're going for, but people might be offended you know, because you're talking about this issue." So yeah, maybe it, it's crazy to else. think that you can like you can almost literally fix the arc by changing those like four chapters or three to four chapters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And have them more personal with Hody rather than like, oh, it's Fukuboshi's and the royal family's perspective. Like there and- was still still some things like the fact that 
the Fishman district was never really like mentioned and highlighted like early on, which that exactly. is an issue. But but, but it would fix a lot. That, it could fit, you could make it a lot better with that like yeah. two to three chapter and that, stretch. And that's what I was saying. That emotional climax with Hody, instead of making it four pages, you can dedicate that entire chapter to like the slam dunk of like like make it like full of flashbacks to all those key moments we saw in the past, but include the Fishman district now and see the perspective of everyone else, like just looking at the Odahime speeches, but from the shadows and just being ignored, right? Or you know, and the, uh, Arlong looking like he's actually the only hope for the district, and here he is talking about how we have to wage a holy war all of a sudden. Which I again, I wish that that term was never brought up. That kind of complicates things a lot. That should have just never been yeah. used up. It was, it was fine uh, enough. It was, it was fine weird. enough when Ho- when Arlong was just a elitist, right? That just believed we were superior. But he threw in holy war now, and they're just like, was was there sacred texts involved? Were there like were people talking about religion in this? Because I know there's prophecies and fortune, but that's more like mysticism. Right. That's not religion. So again, that, that complicated things a lot. So yeah, that's so I felt far like actually, there's, there hasn't been a lot of religion. The Shandian seem to have they had a, like their religion with like the god serpent, but that's like pretty much it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, there's just so much mix that I'm almost like if you're an Oda fanboy, just go. There was some outside influence that made him change his course. Maybe he, uh, maybe someone told him that if you do this, you're probably going to be seen as controversial or offensive. Even I, I don't, I don't route. care. I don't like. I'm not going to say I don't care. Like people make mistakes. You know what I mean? If that's Oda messed up here, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, the one that's why it's still awesome. Yeah, that's why I said if you're an Oda fanboy, like you're like he can do no wrong, and then I'm on the board where I'm just like, right. honestly, guys, just say he he dropped the ball on this one. Unfortunately, not the entire arc, just this narrative emotional climax. He at the end of the, the day, I'm not going to be like, oh man, I don't trust Oda anymore. Like, no, like he's given me 600 chapters of amazing stuff before this. Exactly, sure, you know, like, I'm like exactly. If I go back, on. if I go back, am I still going to be draw- brought to tears? With Water 7? Yes. Am I still going to be captivated and read the entirety of Alabasta in one sitting? Absolutely. Am I going to be completely drawn in by the characterization of Nami and Robin in their own backstories with Arlong Park and Edie's Lobby? Absolutely. So, as fans, I feel like it's we have you know our duty to you know call him out when he's just not doing something perfectly right. He's not just, on top of the game, you know? Sometimes yeah. he ain't. We Can't see what be. he could have done. It could have been fucking great, but unfortunately, just fucked up. He just fucked up. So I know we said we were done. We ended up talking about that for, a bit <laughs> for another couple of minutes, but it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's fine. So at the so at the Is end there... of that moment, oh sorry, yeah, what else? No, no, yeah, I was gonna say I feel like uh, that's that's basically it, right? Until yeah. like the, the closing wrap up section. Obviously, yeah. the Noah does not fall, as we know, you know, etc., etc. Vander Decken didn't need to be here at all he was pointless <laughs> because the ship yeah. does not fall but uh, in that moment we get the the official like shirahoshi awakening thing which that's interesting which then starts the series of oh like you you yeah. lost me with this appointment then get, right then we get the good stuff but then you got me back in <laughs> you lost me for about like a couple of pages maybe a whole chapter but then you brought me back in with like oh this is the future now oh this is the okay we we talked about this okay right we got, yeah, we so got we we, the prophecy yeah, let, let, let's go. We got... Oh, yeah. So, frickin' Shirahoshi is Poseidon, an ancient weapon. Hmm. Poseidon, is, you, mean, you mean the weapon that the what? chronoglyph at Skypia set, talked about? 
Say that, say what? <laughs> the, the the thing that we were oh, like uh, delayed for so long because before Robin was just saying it was you know Roger signed this. What the heck? And that was the mystery then. But then she finally reveals it talked about Poseidon. It talked about the ancient weapon down below. And then this is when like the Straw Hats are partying, right? They're having their feast. They're enjoying their festivities. It's all good and fun. Robin pulls out the king and goes, "Who is Joy Boy?" And I just want to say real quick, also, <laughs> this king's confidence is like on ten. When as or, soon as Robin like pulls him off the side, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I still really love my wife." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he just assumes he's getting hit on. I was like, "Man, this guy—that's confidence right there." I respect it. Yeah, I would never think that too. If Robin wants to talk to me, it's like she's gonna kill me, isn't she? <laughs> 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 There's no way she's gonna go for someone like me. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. The king is like, uh, "I'm a king. I'm a prestigious fella." Um, but yeah, so we have the this backstory of Joy Boy and the Poneglyph being a little scattered, right? Because obviously it's like hieroglyphics; it has to be have missing pieces. Um, and alludes to an extension of the prophecy that we know of about the mermaid that can control the uh, Neptunians, right? The giant kaiju underwater, the, the things responsible for the calm belts being uh, intraversible. But the extra thing is Joy Boy is supposed to be apologizing to the princess for betraying or for getting a promise, right? For not fulfilling a promise. So who is Joy Boy, right? And then that's when the king goes, honestly, we don't know either, but we just follow the prophecy that the ship that was left behind involves him in some way or another. So we dedicate everything to protecting that ship, right? From yeah, being touched. And so Joy Boy was like someone they said... Or someone who lived during the Void Century. Neptune does know that, but that's like all he knows. Mm-hmm. So we have the mysterious figure of like someone. Oh, the key details were he Joy Boy is someone who helped the princess owned in her powers. And that would help lead to the prophecy, right? To help people go to wherever they're going to go. That was also a mystery, by the way. We don't know the end point. Right. Um, I, I mean, a- I think you can kind of piece together like everything, right? The relationship oh, with the Poseidon Luffy. and the Noah. I, oh, I don't know about that necessarily. I just I kind of. Oh, sorry. I was going to say my theory. I was going to say that um, the Neptunians remarked that how Luffy can, like, can he understand us? Like, that's right. kind of like, that's kind of like Gold Roger from earlier. But that kind of goes back to what I was thinking of because Joy Boy is from that hundred year void, right? Going back to the Will of D, that mystery. So I'm thinking Joy potentially. Boy potentially <laughs> yeah. might be one of the people that might be like one of the origins of the Will of D. And maybe Luffy is carrying on that will. That's why he was able to, you know, because they mentioned that uh, Luffy was able to help the princess own in her powers when she was hoping for the Noah not to crush the island. Right. Because she saw Luffy's efforts. And at least that's what the Tunians told the princess. Right. So that tells me, oh, so by that king's logic of like Joy Boy, a part of the prophecy, being able to help the old prin- the princess of old, right, control the power, Luffy might be the current version of that. So I'm just saying it's like the will of D is part of that prophecy, and the whoever is that supreme hockey supreme king hockey user, good friends with the princess, and then also now you have this owned in Poseidon. That's what I was getting at, by the way. Um, okay, I was I, getting at, like, the whole, like, we can assume that the prophecy probably had something to do with 
the fishman like getting in the boat and having the sea kings pull. Oh, literally, you know? what the that's pops. what I okay, make. Okay, they're okay. like, we don't know what the boat is for, and I'm like, bro, yeah, come on, <laughs> you know, like come on. Yeah, yeah. That actually made me because like the king is acting like he has no idea like what this giant boat could be yeah. for. This this third biblical reference when we have Adam and Eve, and now we have Noah. So yeah, like where does it go? Where do you, do you have a theory of where that boat might go? I have one. What's yours? Aurelia. You know what that is? I do not. That is the ancient lost underwater city that encompasses Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Because, now listen to me. Back to the billboard. You're here, folks. Back to the billboard. I dusted it all off just for you. So, the fortune teller had the prophecy, right? That a straw-hatted figure, we never saw the face, we just saw a straw hat figure, would bring Correct. doom to the Fishman Island. Correct. Now, going back to what I just said, that Joy Boy might be just a Will of D user, so that's more of a vague kind of like stretch there, but we know that Luffy is someone of the Will of D and has the hockey. So, what if that boat leads to the Fishman Island's doom on accident, it leads them straight to Cthulhu and awakens the horror and behold, and therefore Joy Boy still fulfills the prophecy and brings Fishman Island to its knees. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. You <laughs> just gave serious. me another theory that I just realized. <laughs> what if that what if that guy that was talking to Crocus destroys Fishman Island? He was wearing a straw hat, throwing that out there. Mm, that's true too, actually. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you said when you said like, yeah, she didn't really say Luffy. You said a dude wearing a straw hat. I don't. That guy was also wearing a straw hat. I don't think it was that guy though, because the shape of the straw hat in the flat and the vision that we did see, I I tend to take silhouettes with a grain of salt in one piece. But that's why I I did. (laughs) But that's what I did and said and thought maybe that's actually Joy Boy or an old action of Roger. And that prophecy, wherever they may end up going, it, or where the Neptunians would take them, is actually some place bad for the kingdom and not a good thing. Not all prophecies have to be positive. What if the fortune and the prophecy are intertwined? That was basically my long, my short version of that. Okay, yeah, that could be interesting. Um, on a real note, it might just lead them to like a, another secret paradise, like the Lost Sea of Atlantis, or even like Raftel, some version of that. Uh, my answer is really, yeah, because... Obviously, I'm a Lovecraftian fan, and everything has to be about Cthulhu. But until proven otherwise, he's going to die on that hill. <laughs> until proven otherwise, Joy Boy is actually a, a cult member of Cthulhu. <laughs> and the name is just a cover. The name is just a cover. You can't stop me. <laughs> I, I don't think I can. All right, all right. So that's about the prophecy, but I think the juicier part, honestly, is the weapons. Right. I was gonna say, what's like? What are the implications to a- the ancient weapons after this? Is huge. Yes. So we got three confirmed names, right? We got two, but then we got a third confirmed name too at the same time. So Poseidon, right? That's the princess. She's a living weapon, which goes along with what they're kind of alluding to with like it could be a living weapon in some way. Um, we knew about the Pluton, right? And now we got Uranus. Those are the three ancient weapons. We now know there are three. At least, as remind right me, now, what is what is Uranus the god of again? The, he is the god of the sky. Thank you for asking. Okay, it is correct. I was making sure I had it right. So we literally have Poseidon, god of the sea; Uranus, god of the sky; and Pluton, who's like the god of death. Correct. Uh, kind of. Yes, he is. It's another name. It'll actually very help a lot. Another name for the Pluton is Hades. So it's the god of the underworld. 
However, the right, way right. That's, I, what, that's what I thought. That's what I was thinking. Okay. We're now, on. hear me out. Now, hear me out. Hades, Pluton, is also the god of wealth. Not like commercial wealth, like money, right? It's wealth as in resources, as in iron, marble, devil fruit, weapons. So maybe the Pluton, because remember, Pluton was a blueprint that Frankie had, right? That's something that he could construct. They needed a shipwright to make it. So what if the Pluton was not a living weapon and you needed this as like your Starforge kind of thing? I know that's an old Republic reference. Sorry. Your Starforge where you can make unlimited weapons, unlimited resources for anything to help control people on a ground level while you have the God of the sky and the God of the sea making sure you're keeping fear in people's hearts. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm kind of thinking where Uranus is also um, a living God. But Pluton is definitely something that needs to be constructed. But once it's done, you have unlimited double fruit. You have unlimited ships. You have weapons. You have resources. So, you know, and even if you have any one of these three, you can tip the balance in your favor, right? Controlling the Neptunians, you control the seas. And a planet, like, even if it was our planet, a planet that's, what, more than 70% water or 90% water? In the One Piece world, that looks like 99% water. <laughs> so you basically control everything. God of the sky, you can basically ensure even if you're staying away from the water, you're not safe, right? Tornadoes, lightning strikes, uh, meteor storms. But then the Pluton is there to make sure people are in line with like, the people on the boots on the ground actually to rule over the people, right? So yeah. you have the resources that way. So in, in, in some way, Pluton does relate to being like a god of kind of like an earth mm -hmm. realm, yeah. right? And that's the other side too. My theory was it's actually a blueprint weapon, but you could also say, yeah, it's the middle ground where you have the sky, the sea, and then the entrance of the underworld up above in between the rum in between. So I, I personally just don't want all three to be living weapons. Right. And we have blueprints for the Pluton. Then again, that could be, just I mean, it, it could, it could be just Poseidon. That's a living weapon. I have no yeah, idea that, that too. Maybe the uh, Uranus is a weapon to help control the weather, like the ultimate weather ball. Right. Something that Nami would be very uh, keen to understand how to use, or then she'd be too frightened not to use it because of how powerful it is. But yeah, that could also be a possibility too. And something I would probably prefer myself. But the interesting thing is that Uranus in Greek mythology, he's the father of the Titans, the 12 Titans of, of Greek mythology. And those Titans gave birth to Zeus, to Hades, to Poseidon directly. Like Zeus, Hera, right? Like, yeah, to all the main yeah. gods that you know that you know and love. Like the main were, pantheon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, all the gods that were killed by Kratos in God of War. You know, that guy, those people. And <laughs> just nonchalantly just saying, yeah, you know, they were killed by Kratos. No big deal. Um... So that's also a possibility, and also Zeus and Zeus and Uranus are kind of the same person, right? Uh, no, Uranus is like the grandfather of Zeus. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. But Zeus takes over as god of the sky. As, yeah, he's like the new yeah. sky god. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm the one in charge. You know, basically King Neptune in in the actual um, <laughs> Fishman Island. He looks like that. <laughs> he's the new guy in charge. But he's past his prime. Uh, but yeah, so there's all these possibilities, all these theories of what these other weapons could or could not be. I'm curious how the Pluton will be a threat again, because the only blueprint that we know of is burnt out. So that tells me if, you know, there's a Poneglyph still out there that has the actual blueprint and someone maybe like, you know, Tom, because he had the blueprint originally, he was on Roger's crew or his affiliate with Roger. 
someone just copy the blueprints, right? And then give it to Tom, and then Tom pass it down. So... Yeah, maybe, like, maybe left a, a copy with the One Piece, you know? Who knows? Yeah. Back at the, you know, back at Laboon, the true One Piece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know I said I dropped that theory, but I will never forget what I said. Have you? Have you actually? I don't think you have. <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Um, nah, if any, I honestly, no, I'm still thinking, like, it's going to be, like, Raftel or someplace after Raftel that will have mm-hmm. the One Piece. Where, you know where Cthulhu is, obviously. Yeah, really, yeah. Um, I am still. I, I really want to know why people can't get to Raftel. Is it like? Is it underwater? Is it in the in the sky? Does it float? Does it move? You, you could know? say it's a prison to keep others out, as much as it is to keep something. Yeah, in. Is it like? Is it surrounded by a wall of diamond that touches to the seafloor? Like I don't know. <laughs> I ha- want to that, know though. Does it have? Is it full of non elliptical geometry? Does it have impossible? objects that should yeah, like not is, stand is the gravity opposite so if you sail too close to it your ship just goes into space and you die like what all, what is all, it all the buildings aren't like rectangles they're like trapezoids that make no sense they're in all these weird shapes and sizes that make you go insane because you think too much about how would you build this and how is it even standing i'm talking i'm talking about really yeah personally <laughs> i'm just i'm explaining really yeah <laughs> and i'm just i just want to know you know i really yeah, want to exactly. see raftel Listen, Raftel could be Oda's version of Relia. Who knows? It could, it be. could be. Like mm-hmm. it could be. Okay, Which, yeah, as much as you it. joke about it, the the possible existence of a Cthulhu or Cthulhu like figure is still possible where we are right now. Yeah, like, like, you know? like the like the actual king of the Neptunians, right? The father of all Neptunians, someone who's like who's the big boss of all these sea creatures that yeah, are they're one sentient. Enough. Mm-hmm. They're, now we know they're actually intelligent creatures. And can actually have full conversations with those who have that hockey, right? Those who have that ability. Um, sorry, I keep forgetting. So the, there's a hockey that lets you understand animals or, like, control animals. But this, Right. We've but heard it called version, the voice of all things, right? Yeah, but this is the first time we've seen someone talk, and it's to Neptunians. And we know now that the only three at this point who talk to Neptunians are the princess, uh, Luffy can understand them, and Roger, who can understand them too, Goldie Roger. So again, continuing that whole will of the thing. So of like, eh, there's something about you that can understand. That actually does connect to what Rayleigh said too, where he's like, he could just understand the world in so many more ways that we couldn't. This could be part one of that, where he can understand Neptunians, so, and you know, they're literally the kaiju, the the real ones controlling the world, not the navy. <laughs> That's the comparison I was making, that he said, like, Roger could kind of hear the voice and feel everything, which it seems like this is probably that ability, and therefore mm-hmm. we kind of assume that Luffy has it. I think there might be a bit more to it, but if this was enough of that, that's enough to satisfy me anyway, because it's Neptunians. It's the biggest ones of all, right? So I'm like, yeah, that's enough for that to understand. But I feel like when Rayleigh said that line as, like, this giant banger of a mystery, I feel like there's a bit more to that. Not just Neptunians. Maybe something or someone else. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. Full of mystery. But Full of mystery. You're gonna have to raffo. Yeah, have to raffo. <laughs> and <sighs> what we're going to be reading in our next episode, Can slightly shorter arc. Can I guess? Yes. Because we kind of glossed over some details, but I'm fine with it because yeah, it leads name up to the next, next arc. Uh, is it Whole Cake Island? No. Damn. <laughs> good. That's, that's a good guess, though. All right, all right. We just got the Big Mom stuff. And, yeah, there's there's yeah. Big Mama stuff at the end of this, but that's future fights going on here. But the next arc, uh, which I'll put under the category of potential band names, Punk Hazard. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the name of this arc, Punk Hazard Arc, covers chapters 654 to 699. Easy to remember. Right oh, before not... 700 where we stop. Oh, so shit. 46 chapters this time, so a little bit shorter than Fishman Island. But just um, a little. Yeah. So Oh, so I know we're basically wrapping up right now, but key things I do want to re- mention real quick. Um, that weird fucking villain, Caribou, he overheard everything Robin and uh, right. King Neptune said. He's the so, only other person who knows that she is Poseidon. If it if it weren't for Vanderdecken, I would say this guy's the worst villain. He just looks disgusting. He thinks he's so menacing and clever, but he gets one shot at every fucking time he fights. Um, he's like Team Rocket oh. at this point. Real quick, is Hody the biggest cunt? No, he's disappointing. Okay. I don't think so either. <laughs> he's the he's the biggest disappointment if that's a new category. Um. Big, most disappointment that he could have he could have been the biggest cunt, but eh, you know, didn't make it. So Caribou knows about that secret that Robin and Neptune know. Um, Big Mama's pissed because Luffy made the proclamation that Fishman Island is mine now, not yours. And she looks like a fucking a Titan. She looks like a Titan, by the way, from Attack on Titan. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, and I'm I'm actually fairly certain there's the implication that she eats someone. Yeah, absolutely. She's a, she's right. like a, a she eats someone. Yeah, like, carnivorous person. So, like you see, like frightening. the the text bubble, like no, mom, like please yeah. stop. Just oh, mama, please stop. And like for those wondering, French. actually, yeah, for those wondering, I actually thought originally Hancock was going to look something like Big Mama a little bit, someone huge, right? Someone that you wouldn't like question their strength, not as grotesque or gross as that, but big and intimidating as Big Mama. I originally thought Hancock was going to look like that originally. So I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, she she looks downright imposing. Oh, yeah. And... So I guess also it's relevant to mention that we do not have a setup also for, like, even more tension between the Big Mom Pirates and the Straw Hats because of that, uh, like, in the treasure they get from Neptune, there was an explosive box. Now the Big Mom Pirates have Right. It. There was treasure that the Straw Hats were supposed to keep that was stolen originally, but then they gave it to some of Big Mama's officers to try and wedge a piece or something like that or you know well, because, just because they ate on. all the candy yeah they're like so yeah, he's like here treasure, take whatever. this instead go buy some yeah and then the, the candy, officers are like off. yeah and the officers are just like that should be good right and big mama's like hell no but the guys are like but this is a lot of treasure big mama we should just yeah, like no treasure. like these, these are real like you can't see it through the phone but really big bag this is mom. really like good, they're really big <laughs> like, you know? yeah and then yeah. as you're mentioning the, the one that's like a box that originally had those energy steroids is rigged to explode so if Big Mama opens that, that's going to be, instead of just open hostilities between uh, the Straw Hats and um, Big Mama, it's going to be open war at that point. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the, oh, you shit. can just call them, the, they're the Big Mom Pirates. That's not a spoiler. You know, like okay. the Big Mom, yeah, yeah, Straw Hats yeah. and the Big Mom Pirates, it'll yeah. be bad. Oh, one more major thing. Uh, Jinbei is totally going to be a Straw Hat in the future. Yes, he was invited. That's very yeah. important. Yeah. There was there was a very touching moment where, you know, the reminder that the law of Fishman Island is not to share any blood with humans because they're out of spite or just mimicking the law they enforce on us. Jinbei is like, fuck it. I'm a pirate. You can't tell me what to do. I'm sharing some of my blood with Luffy. He shares his blood with Luffy. And then See, Luffy uh, does the thing. I wanted where, to mention that, but it's just it was a good moment on its own, but it felt out of place still. You know? It did. Yeah, because of that clash of themes. Because like you, you like, hop over to like not being about fishman human struggle anymore. You yeah. know? So then it's when you get the survival. conclusion again here, which was cool, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not that <laughs> Yeah, that moment could have been uh, about like survival purely like, about survival between us two against the higher forces like the Celestial Dragons. 
here are two pirates working together. You guys can do it too. But, and that part, that message is still kind of there, but you have Neptune narrating where it's about like, it's a bridge to the future. I'm just like, again, I feel that it is a great message, but because of that earlier moment with Hody, it feels kind of skewed. It feels kind of like, it is is a good moment, right? But it's just, just, uh, it's missing its presentation. Anyway, the big thing is, Luffy waking the fuck up, and he's going, oh, you gotta join my crew, dude. And I'm just like, oh, shit! (laughs) About time, bro. About fucking time. Why didn't you ask this guy after Marine for it, dude? Yeah, he he saved your ass and brought you mentally back from the abyss when you were on that blood rage. And then you have this moment where, you know, he's like, you better come with me right now. And then he goes, I would love to, and I'm honored, right? Kind of like pulling a brook here. But I can't, not because of a curse, but because I just, I have loose ends. He doesn't say what those loose ends are, but I would like to think, listen, there's still some Fishman pirate hostilities here. Maybe he just wants to make sure it's calmed down a bit. Maybe he, or something else, maybe something a lot more personal. Oh, I, he had a, we saw that conversation he had with Neptune that kind of implied it's that he's with Big Mom currently. Uh, well, yeah, Big uh, Neptune is, right? Because he's under protection. We mentioned that last well, episode. Well, I think in that they were talking about Jimbei, like kind of. Oh, he fun- wants to play functioning. Yeah, yeah, he wants. He's playing politics. He's trying to play it safe. Where he's not trying to get involved right now because if he gets involved right now with the Straw Hats, while they're you know being hostile with the Big Mama, uh, he's gonna be like, oh, then I'm gonna make them angry at Fishman Island directly. Whereas I'm gonna lay out lay low for this right now. He tells Luffy it's for loose ends as well. So I feel right. something more than that. And to make this clear, you you think Jimbei is actually going to? Join I one hundred percent think he's going to. I'm not saying ninety nine percent. I'm saying a hundred percent because Luffy did the thing. He did the thing where he had the whole panel. It's not the very beginning, right? That was the that was the twist. It wasn't the very beginning of the arc, but instead it was at the end where he's like, "Oh, you gotta be on my crew." And Jimbei didn't say no. He said, "Awesome. I just have some shit to do." Go ahead and do some stuff from now on, and I'll catch up. Or they'll come back. I actually don't know either or. Um, I, don't, I think it's impossible for them to come back on the Grand Line, but who knows? It's, you know, they're fishermen. They can swim underwater. Yeah, so, we, we don't know about eternal poses or how that works in yeah, the new world. That's right, because we got that new uh, world-building aspect where we got the three poses now instead of one, where the magnetic systems of each island can easily just drop in the span of, like, a few minutes. So it's smarter for you to have three or even more poses at once rather than one. Because if that one loses contact, you're lost at sea forever. You're done. You're, you're stranded. So. <laughs> Sorry. I, I just I just remember back to that exposition scene where Nami and Usopp go, okay, so we'll avoid the one that looks shaky and dangerous. And then Luffy literally snakes well, around Well, I like Nami. how as soon as they hear, like, yeah, if it's shaking really violently, then that means it's super dangerous. And, yeah, and, and then they're like, destroy it, destroy it. <laughs> Yeah, Luffy just snakes around Nami, just His like neck, what's like that wraps over around there? her. <laughs> yeah, what's that? We're going there. <laughs> like, ooh, this one's shaking a lot. Uh, it was so great, so great. Um, yeah, sorry, I know you were trying to carry it on, but there were a couple key points I just wanted to carry out real quick. Um, no, yeah, yeah. That, that is relevant to mention, definitely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jinbei will absolutely join the team. Um, if anything. If he doesn't come true, it's because he'll die like 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 a Marine Ford moment where like they're about to get away and then something unfortunate happens and then unfortunate shit he doesn't join. Um, I don't think it'll be like a VV moment where it'll be an honorary member. It's like no, he's gonna be joined, but later. He's a fish man. He'll swim. He can catch up. <laughs> 
That's what I got. So one more time. Next week we're reading Punk Hazard. 654 to 699. 46 chapters. I do believe it'll be one episode. Okay. Okay. Probably. Okay. Don't mark. Okay. You know, no promises, but probably one episode. So okay. So like on, the, on the feel fence. Free to read the whole thing. Okay, yeah. on the fence. Okay, okay. Um, where can they find you, Justin, if they want to contact us with questions? And if you want to, yeah, talk anything about One Piece, like anything for me, because I'm caught up, you can at me at Jitsu on Twitter, J-I-T-S-Z-U, or on Instagram as well. And if you want to talk or ask questions about stuff only up to this point in One Piece, where would they find you, Jacob? They can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A, all one word, all lowercase, on Twitter. If you have also theories related to Cthulhu, hit me up because I'm I'm so down for Lovecraftian stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Also, One Piece, that too, of course. Um, and to anyone, if you have an Apple account and you're listening to this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on Apple. As far as I know, that's the only place where you can actually leave reviews, and it really helps us out a lot. And we'll read all the five star reviews on the episode at the end of the episode. Or any positive review, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I probably yeah. read the four stars, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want that Mineta fan to respond again. Because <laughs> we were shitting on Mineta going, like, is Vander Decken just... Is that moment with Mineta just a Vander Decken reference still made me laugh, laugh my ass off just thinking back on that <laughs> moment backstage. Right. But yeah, that's. I think that's all I got right now. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.